Each day, all over the world, thousands of healthcare learners experience the power of simulation. This is the BS Podcast. Wait, what? 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 Beyond Simulation. Exploring the stories of the people behind these masterfully implemented simulations. Each episode discovers the real stories of how these connoisseurs got into simulation and why they stayed. This is the Behind the Music podcast of the world of simulation. My name is Christine Park, and I'm the Director of Simulation at the Simulation and Integrative Learning Institute at the University of Illinois College of Medicine. And one thing about me that's not simulation is, as some of you may know, um, we have dogs and cats in the house. One of our dogs, Chewy, is um, really old. And yesterday, I went on a walk with him in which he got to call all the shots. And so we made four left turns, took a nice long walk around the block and took about 20 minutes to do it. It was a fascinating experience following someone else's lead like that. Oh, that sounds so peaceful, I love it. Uh, my name is Bob Kaiser, I am the Associate Director at SAIL, and one thing about me that is not simulation related is that my parents, George and Martha Kaiser, just celebrated 60 years of marriage. 60 years, I think it's pretty incredible, so, yep. That Happy is incredible. Yeah. Okay, Bob, so are you ready to talk some BS? Yes, Christine, but I have a question. Have you heard of a person named Michael Packard? Uh, I have not, so you are going to enlighten me. I, I have a feeling. I am. So Michael, bless his heart, was off the coast of Massachusetts, and he was swallowed by a humpback whale. A humpback whale accidentally swallowed him, and he was in the whale for 30 to 40 seconds. I mean, ultimately, the whale was like, I'm sure it was like, what the heck is this? And, and as Michael said, he shook his head, the whale, and spit him out. But can you imagine being swallowed by a humpback whale? <laughs> wow. And then did he change his name to Jonah after this whole incident? Well, that, that was the whole you know, joke in the, um, in the, in the um, article. That's, that's funny, yes. But here's my question. So I could not even imagine that, but that would be one of my fears, I guess, if I was swimming in the ocean. So let me ask you this. Do you have a quote-unquote irrational fear or anything that you're afraid of? I totally have an irrational fear. I have an irrational fear of balloons. And the fear is? I don't even know what the fear is. I cannot be in the same room with them, and in particular, they cannot be above my head, which was a real problem when I recently celebrated a wedding anniversary and the people who threw our party brought a giant garland of giant balloons. Happy anniversary. <laughs> well, thank you for that tidbit, Bob. <laughs> You're welcome. So today gives me great pleasure to welcome our guest for the podcast, and we're welcoming today Katie Max-Kenzie. Katie is the Simulation Center Manager at Alameda Health System in Oakland, California. Welcome, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, Katie, so what are three things that you are professionally known for? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think probably uh, one of the ones that it, that people might know my name from is definitely social media. Um, I do like to uh, use the platforms to really advocate for simulation operations specialists, what they do, the roles they have. 
uh, I've presented on that topic at, you know, multiple um, conferences, uh, um, both local and um, international. And um, so that's probably one thing, is my advocacy for that. Um, I'd say sort of more locally, uh, known really for, uh, we do a lot of work with uh, pipeline students. So that's uh, middle school, high school, college students who are interested in healthcare careers. Um, so last year alone, even during uh, the pandemic, we did over 3,000 contact hours uh, with these folks. Um, and so that's something that I'm really passionate about, um, using simulation as part of pipeline programs. And then the third one I would say, which is, you know, a little bit more cliche, um, is I'm probably known as the Aussie uh, in the room, so. <laughs> I, I can't imagine why. So anyway, Kate, it's so good to see you. And um, before we got on here, I spun a random number generator and I got the number four. So I would like to know, uh, know four things about you that are not on your CV. Fun things about Katie. Alrighty. I think probably the first one that I'll start with is that I have a menagerie at home. So we have two cats, two dogs and a two year old. Um, and that keeps us nice and busy. Uh, I would say that um, my second one is going to be really random, but it's one of those things that one day I hope I'll be able to put on my CV and someone will appreciate it. Um, but I spent uh, many of my um, early career working in um, outdoor retail, and so I used to sell a lot of shoes. And I am extremely skilled at using a tent pole to pull out one particular shoe box in a giant pile of shoe boxes. Think like when you pull the tablecloth out and all the settings stay. I'm really good at using a tent pole to pull a particular box out and everything drop down perfectly. Um, yeah. I know it's a weird skill, but... Now, I was thinking, what is the game? What is the game where you um, have to... Uh, is it Jenga? What, what is it where yeah. you have to, like... Mm -hmm. that's it yeah that's what I was thinking of so. yeah yeah uh, yeah I don't know how it becomes applicable later in life but it definitely served me well for many many years um, with all those shoe boxes Katie I feel like we could have instead of sim wars it could be sim op specialist wars and, and, and sort of an Olympics where that could be one of the events yeah yeah I would crush it just just saying <laughs> I'd go for the goal I love it I love it so the next one would be um, that I'm probably about 500 miles um, short of circumnavigating the world via train. Wow. And so what's cool. the 500 that's missing? Um, so there's a few like little things like from, you know, the train station to the coast in the, you know, the cities. Uh, but the main chunk of it is between... Um, Paris and um, Frankfurt. That's that's my big kind of chunk. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'd say that number four is that uh, I had three weddings to the same person in about 18 months. Wait, you had three weddings to the same person? Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were married three times? Yeah. Yeah, we had three that's... weddings. We really nice. wanted really wanted to make sure that we were, you know, securing it. So 
<laughs> I love that. Wait, did you get uh, the, the three times the gifts? Um, not really. By the time we got to the third wedding, we were like, hey, we, it, we literally had, it's called in Australia, a sausage sizzle. And that's where you basically just have a barbecue. And so we had like sausages in bread and like salads um, at like sausage. a little community hall. Um, because we were like, yeah, folks, it's all good. Like, <laughs> we've, ce- now, we're, we're, we've celebrated this. Now tell the truth. Did you have a favorite of the three? Uh, that's a great, great question. question. You know, I, th- <laughs> I think we, I think we talk about, so the first one was at the, uh, like at the courthouse. Um, and then we had one in the U S and then one in Australia. Um, and so I think the one at the courthouse, it was just, uh, my in-laws and, uh, so there was like six of us there. We had this little old lady who married us, who was a sweetie. And at the end of it, she's like, can I take a photo? Because I like to get a photo of everyone that I marry. And we were like, yeah, that's great. And then she whipped out like an old school film camera that I think was probably from the eighties, um, and proceeded to take the photo and. Yeah, so I think that one, you know, we, we enjoyed them all for different reasons, um, but I think that one was just so small and, you know, I don't remember anything we said. Uh, it was really quick, but it was lovely. And you're sure you're married, right? I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure okay, I am. Good. <laughs> And so for this next section, um, we would really love to invite you to use um, lots of Aussie slang um, and, and maybe educate us a little bit. And, and so here's the question, which is, um, we all keep an inner child with us through our whole life. So we want to know a little bit about Kid Katie. All righty. So Kid Katie, um, I'm the youngest of three kids uh, to a single parent and, you know, I just kind of went with the flow. Um, You could find me down at the creek um, or, as they like to say, going walkabout. Um, You know, I would be up a tree. Um, I loved adventuring. Um, Everything, I think a good example of kind of how it was was um, for my first birthday, I didn't need anything. because I had all my hand-me-downs from my siblings. But what my siblings needed was a little ladder to get up into the mulberry tree um, where they had a little tree house. And so my mum got me a ladder for my first birthday. Um, And then, of course, what I ended up doing was she was out using what's called a hill's hoist, which is a clothesline. Here I'm throwing in all these Australianisms for you. Um, We're out in the backyard and she was hanging up the clothes and I was crawling around as I normally would and she looked around because she couldn't see me and here I was up the mulberry tree on my first birthday uh, showing her that, you know, if you buy me a ladder, I'm going to use it. So I think that kind of really summarises my childhood in a lot of ways. yeah, lots of adventuring, loved going outdoors, and um, and still do to this day. I can also see a theme of retrieving things from great heights. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm a climber. Yeah, I'm a climber. Um, my mother definitely does get a lot of satisfaction watching our two-year-old climb all over things and us having heart attacks. Um, I think she feels, like, vindicated in life. Oh, I love that. 
<laughs> okay, okay. So, um, can you tell us um, about your journey that got you into simulation? How, how, how did that happen? Uh, so, it's an interesting question. Um, like everyone, I didn't really stumble upon it. I had no idea what I wanted to do in high school. Um, and I actually went to university to uh, be a high school drama teacher. Uh, finished that degree and um, and then I was presented with an opportunity to come to the US and uh, we uh, just actually worked out it's eight years today uh, since I arrived in the US. Uh, so I hopped off the plane and I'd been here for a while. I was getting myself sorted and uh, was doing some odd jobs and then I had someone tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, um, you know how I talk about this uh, this thing I do called simulation and I was like yeah but anytime they mentioned simulation it was always one of these things that I was like it's like when someone says they're a consultant I'm like I don't I don't know what that is and I smile and nod <laughs> and so um so they were like well there's actually I think it would be a career that I think would be really good for you so uh there's actually a conference in town tomorrow that I've signed you up for um, and so it happened to be IMSH 20, I think 2014, uh, here in San Francisco. And so I came on in, uh, and they took me into the first thing they did was take me into the vendor hall. Um, we walked over and I think, I think it was Sim Mum, and they, I think, I think pregnancy is really weird. I really do. And I think that it's like alien spawn and childbirth is just very strange. And so they took me over Sim Mum and Sim Mum started pushing out a baby and I was like, oh my God, this is like, but oh my goodness, what's going on? That's really exciting. How's it doing that? Oh, it's terrible. And um, yeah, the rest they say is history. <laughs> I have been to those. The, the, I, when you go into the vendor hall, and they have one of the mothers screaming. It is the most surreal. Um, yeah, I've been there. Anyway, very, very interesting. And then you were hooked. You're like, I've got to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Love it. Wait, I gotta take a sorry, I gotta take a little little detour here. So you've been so many places and lived so many places. What is one of your favorite places and why? Oh, I hate this question because I love so many different places for so many different reasons. Um, I would say probably if I had to narrow it down to like a favourite, um, definitely my experiences in Syria were just absolutely mm. phenomenal. The people were the most welcoming people I've ever met. They would literally pull you in off the street, uh, boil a cuppa, um, offer you you know they they grab people from down the road to translate uh they'd offer you your fresh pistachios and dates and it was just we ate a lot we ate a lot the food was amazing there's so much culture there um you know that part of the world is where there's so many different um you know people come together and so there's such rich rich history in that um so I'd have to that's probably one of my one of my favorites that I have to knuckle it down to. So I love it. Thank I you love for it. Answering the question. Yeah. And and I actually have a follow up to that because you mentioned the term walkabout. It it seems like uh, the Australians, at least the ones that I have the privilege to know, all seem to embrace this idea of getting to know the world. Would you say that is that a thing in Australian culture? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny you ask that. I was just talking to someone here yesterday about that. Um, and, you know, it's one of these things that it's not uncommon in Australia that when you finish high school or after university that you take what's called a gap year. And during that gap year you go to different parts of the world and you just travel. And I think part of it is because we are so isolated in some ways, It's it, it takes so long to get anywhere other than Australia that people, you know, want to get out because of that. Um, Perth, which is in on the west coast of Australia, is actually the most isolated city in the world. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really built into the culture is to get out and see, see the world. I love it. So thank you for letting us know like how you got into simulation. So what personal passions keep you tied to simulation today? You know, I think there's a couple there. Um, I think healthcare is one of these really interesting places where, and I'm a non-clinician. So, you know, coming into healthcare was just like a whole new world for me. I had to learn new terminologies, new cultures, um, but healthcare is one of those things that everybody accesses at some point. And so we're all going to be consumers of the product, essentially. Um, and I know that it's a scary place once you get on the inside of it to learn how many things go wrong and when they can go wrong and how they go wrong and how often they go wrong. And so part of my, my motivation really is to make it a better environment for all um, because I know one day I'm going to be on the receiving end of it or one of my loved ones is going to be on the um, receiving end of it. Um, I think it's also such a rich, um, it's such a, I don't know, I wish that when I was younger in some ways that I had some sort of like sense. I love the journey that I've taken to get to where I am, but I would, would have loved maybe to know that this was a thing because it takes so many of my passions that I love. Um, you know, I have a theatre degree. Uh, I worked retail for years and years and years, so I have all these business skills that, are, you know, I, I want to utilise. Uh, for many years I taught kayaking, so in immersive, you know, hands-on learning is all, <laughs> all about what I, want, what I love to do. So it takes all these skills and put it together. So I wish someone had tapped me on my shoulder when I was, you know, a teenager going, I don't know what I want to do with my life and said that this is a thing. So I'd say that's another passion that is kind of like adjacent to, to that, um, to it that, you know, advocating that this is a career that you can get into and you don't have to just go into healthcare to be a doctor or a nurse. Wow. I love that. Thank you. So this next question is going to be a challenge. Um, and, and it's this. So if you were prevented from doing anything that you currently now do professionally, and uh, I think I'll also exclude retail and kayaking. And, um, but, you know, what would be another thing that you could see yourself doing for work as a job? Um, and then for the sake of this exercise, we're not worried about financial considerations. Uh, this is 100% not a challenging question for me. I would love to have a little hobby farm just outside of a city where we have uh, a few little uh, cabins um, that we sort of play B&B to um, maybe even a couple of little campsites that people can come in and use. <laughs> that was a very quick answer. You've thought about this. I love it. 
I want to I want to come visit. So uh, get that started. <laughs> um, okay. So one great thing about simulation is that you know we receive feedback, and we reflect on the choices that we make. So what is a choice that you encountered in your life that would have taken your life on a different path had you made a different choice? Um, I think it would have been going to university straight out of school. Um, yeah, I think that would have taken me on a very, very different path and I doubt I'd be where I am today. I have no idea where I'd be. Um, and so that's, that's one that I'm very thankful that I didn't have the, uh, family pressure, um, to, when I said, I don't want to go to university, um, you know, my mum had this conversation with me of, well, that's fine, but what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to work. And she's like, well, have you thought about then going travelling? And I said, that sounds fantastic. And so she said, okay, where do you want to go? And I was like, I have no idea. And we literally pulled out like an atlas of the world and we talked about different options and pointed to different places. And um, that really started me on that kind of journey that then... I discovered the world and then that, you know, made it easy, an easy decision to come to the US, uh, which then led me into simulation. So I think if I'd made that decision, life would have been very different. And I'm not sure if it, how that would have been different. I'm so curious that if we took a poll and asked how many people's moms would have said, have you thought about traveling the world when you announced you didn't want to go to university? How many people's moms would have said what your mom did? And I'm so thankful for it. Um, you know, she, she knew that that wasn't where I needed to be, um, but she knew that traveling was something that, that she had learned a lot from when she had traveled, uh, and she still travels to this day. Um, and so I, it's something that she valued and she knew that I would grow from in just a different way to academia. And I got there. I now have a master's degree in healthcare simulation. So, you know, I, I satisfied that university, uh, for her later in life. That's awesome. So reflecting a little bit more on choices, um, and you've made a lot of them, um, what would be an example of a choice or tell us about a choice that you made that felt really risky at the time and now reflecting back, it's a choice that you are glad that you made? That's a good question. Um, probably, you know, I think it probably was going back to university uh, and I'd then also say getting my master's. Um, that was also, I think they're on similar kind of levels for my undergrad as well as my master's. I never thought I'd get a master's degree. I barely thought I'd get a bachelor's degree. So the decision to go back, um, to university was an interesting one. And the one that I'm really glad that I did, and I did it successfully. Um, but, and I'm glad that I got my drama degree because whilst, Everyone says you can't do anything with a drama degree. I actually learned so many life skills. The project management that I learned from it of how to put on a production, the technical skills that I learned of how to, you know, put on lights and run it, I use every single day. And so, yeah, it's one that I'm happy with, but it was it felt really risky at the time because I was, you know, I was 23 and going back to university when all my friends had finished and were starting careers. 
Katie, I so echo uh, your thoughts about the drama drama degree. Yeah, it's, it's quite a, a well-rounded degree. <laughs> we learn a lot. And it's interesting also to think about, we, we um, customarily are we're used to thinking about drama and theater degrees as being something that applies to human-based simulation or human simulation, and to think about all this whole other world about the lighting and the, all this stuff um, that also applies on the technology-based side. Yeah, because I was never I was never a person who wanted to be on stage. That was never my motivation. Um, I always wanted to be the director or the you know pro, you know the person behind the scenes, uh, and so that's what I focused on in my drama degree, and that is then directly translated across to things that I do every single day here. So cool. Okay, so now, Katie, we want to go in a different direction. If you're game, Always. literally, it's a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and we're going to ask you just random questions. So we just say the first thing that comes to your mind and we'll get in as many questions as we can uh, in 60 seconds. So I will start with the first one. So, um, first question is um, let me start the timer. Great. What is a compliment you received that you really liked? Someone complimented my glasses the other day. And I was like, why, thank you. <laughs> cool. What is the most recent thing that surprised you? Um, uh, yesterday when I was driving home from work, um, we have an old abandoned railway track just next to our, uh, our house and I pulled up the stop sign and I went to drive across and a guy came on his bicycle that he had adapted to ride across the old tracks, was riding down the old tracks. That, that, that would surprise me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so who is your favorite superhero? Oh, um... I, can I go with Ant-Man? Ant-Man? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> what is the last place that you traveled to by plane? Oh, by plane. Um, it was pre-pandemic. I want to say that it was, I think it was up to Seattle. Could have been to Nevada. Okay. Time is up, but I have one more question for you. So um, what is your go-to guilty pleasure? Um, ice cream. I love ice cream. What kind of ice cream? Um, most of it. Um, nothing coffee. Um, but other than that, I'll pretty much eat anything. I do love mint choc chip. Uh, yes. Yeah. Or mango, Chocolate. like a mango sorbet. Yeah, that's good too. Okay. Delicious. Okay, Katie. So think about um, somebody who has been meaningful to you in your life. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that you knew in person. Um, what did you learn from them or what do you admire about them? You know, I think I'll have to go with that cliche answer of my mom. Um, you know, she, she's taught me a lot. I think one of the big things that she's taught me is that sense of curiosity and curiosity about the, the world, which I use in simulation every day. 
she also, you know, I remember her sitting me down when I was, uh, you know, quite young and always being like, but what about th this other person's perspective? Uh, how do you think they, you know, feel and why do you think they made those decisions? Uh, I think she'd be a great debriefer. Um, and so I think growing up with that has really led to influencing me in my everyday sort of life, um, but also my professional life so much. Um, you know, she, she dealt with a lot. She raised three kids by herself and, um, but still managed to make it look effortless. And so, you know, how can I not admire that? She sounds like an incredible woman, yes. You know, I mean, I, I mean, maybe biased, but I think she's the best mom. <laughs> she sounds great to me, so. Uh, what's her name? Allison. Allison. Oh, mm -hmm. Great. Well, um, we are coming to the end of our uh, time together, and we so appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us. Um, but one final question is this. So what is one hope you have for simulation in the future? So I think my big hope for simulation, um, can, I, can I give you two? Because I have two big hopes. And one is like on the, one's on the like clinical side and one's on the operation specialist side. Well, Katie, since it's our show, we'll give you permission okay. this time. You can give us two. Thank you. So on the clinical, <laughs> on the clinical side, um, you know, I think we're really changing culture. I think that's the thing that I really come back to is each day, regardless of how the simulation goes and whether people walk away with a really concrete, you know, uh, learning point, what they're walking away with is the culture that they need to be reflecting on what they do. They need to continuously be learning. Um, that the expectation is that they are working in that interprofessional, so they're training interprofessionally, that they're looking at the quote unquote soft skills as well as the hard skills. Uh, and so I'm excited for future generations to come through with that being the standard of learning. Uh, from day one, that is what their standard has been. And so I'm excited where we go with that. Uh, on the operation specialist side of things, I'm really excited and hopeful for how it becomes, and it's becoming this way, its own career. Um, and it's a standalone, it's recognised that there is a career progression, there is a clear way to get into it. Um, there's a clear way to progress, uh, that you can make a living, um, that it's not used as, um, which it has kind of been in the past to some degree, as like a stepping stone of, hey, I'll do some sim teching uh, and now I'm going to go to nursing school. And whilst there's nothing wrong with that, um, I'm excited to have it be a clearer um, sort of progression. And that's something that I try and work hard to help move forwards. I absolutely couldn't agree with you more on, on both of those fronts, and particularly on the operations specialist side. Well, this brings us to the end of the show. Um, this has been BS Beyond Simulation with your hosts, Christine Park and Bob Kaiser, and our esteemed guest, Katie Maxkenzie. Everyone out there listening, I hope you enjoyed the show, and please join us for a future episode. <laughs>